Hi, everyone, and welcome to 50 Now What? I'm your host, Alicia Sutton. When we hit our 50s, it can become harder and harder to find the care your changing body and mind needs. So what do we do when that search for wellness feels like finding a needle in a haystack? When it comes to today's guest, Karen Viesta, you become the expert yourself. Karen is a health and life coach for women over 40, as well as the host of the midlife podcast, Welligant Woman, Redefining Midlife. After going through her own midlife reinvention, Karen is passionate about helping women in midlife age powerfully create health and vitality and make each new decade better than the last. Let's jump in. Hi, Alicia. Hi, Karen. Well, thank you for being with us today and being a part of what I like to call our Mature Women's uh, Podcast Community, as you are the creator and host of your own podcast, The Welligant Woman's Podcast. So thank you for coming and sharing your midlife journey and most of all, your coaching insights with all of us here today. So I won't try to get too deep in your business, but I'd love to know what people's backgrounds are and what brought you to your journey here to being a woman of Welligant. My journey started, I would say, back in 2012 when I became certified as a health coach. I went through a two-year training program, and I adopted a lot of really healthy habits, and everything was going along just fine (laughs) until about 2017. Um, Yeah, I have a feeling this is a common, some variation of this story is probably a common story. But uh, 2017, I call kind of my perfect storm because it was in that year that I Physically, I just was having all of these challenges. I was experiencing symptoms of perimenopause for the first time. So I just felt exhausted all the time and I wasn't sleeping and I had anxiety and I just physically, it was like I didn't recognize myself anymore. And it just so happened to also be the year that I ended a 24-year marriage. So I had, in addition to these physical changes and challenges, I had all of these emotional changes and challenges happening at the very same time. And it really threw me because I did what most women in my situation would do. I went to doctors and I went to therapists and I really tried to find somebody who could help me to just feel like myself again. And I have to say, I didn't hear a lot of encouraging messages. I heard a lot of variations of, well, this is what happens when you reach 40 or this is perimenopause, get used to it or, you know, those kinds of things. And so... So I was in this position of like, okay, what do I do? I kind of sensed that I would have to approach it from both the physical and the emotional side of things. I knew enough to know that it was going to be something that would really be a lifestyle change and it would have to incorporate both the physical and the emotional. But I didn't know exactly what to do. And quite frankly, I wasn't convinced that my doctors knew either. So I decided that if I couldn't find the expert that I so badly needed, that I would become that expert. And so I just made it my mission to, I went for some advanced certifications in women's wellness. I learned everything I could. I researched, I spoke to doctors. I just learned everything I could about perimenopause and menopause and the female body. Uh, And I really deepened into thought work and I got into life coaching. And so that was, it was the unique blend, I guess, of those two things that really transformed my life within a very short period of time. And so that's really 
kind of the crux of my coaching. It's again, that blend of both the physical and the emotional, because I think as a woman in midlife, we really can't separate them. And one affects the other so profoundly that I think that's quite frankly, where I and a lot of women are going wrong because we're saying, well, I'm gaining weight and I'm feeling low energy. So it must be diet related. And we're neglecting the whole emotional piece or we're going through anxiety or depression and we're trying to manage that without being mindful of the physical piece. So I really feel so passionate about the fact that women in midlife really need resources and information and support, but the right kind of information and support. And we need to kind of be aware that we're a whole woman, right? Mental and physical. So we need to be treating ourselves as a whole woman. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what's also very profound about this and kudos to you for taking the initiative to make yourself basically your own expert in your life, expert to your own health. And this is obviously benefiting all of us. But what's so scary is that you did have to start from scratch. You had to start from scratch. You had to figure it out on your own to do that because there's so little information out there. And one of the things I love about what I call our mature women's community that we're coming along with and this platform of information is that we can have the platform to share it. And that's why it was so important, at least for me, to have you on uh, with us today. As you begin to basically give yourself priority mentally, emotionally, spiritually, what were some of the first steps that you took? Was it just, I mean, I know you had to kind of balance it all, but when you culminated it all together to develop how to start and where you give other women their insight and their coaching, where do you start? There were two things that I had to do. I think all of us, the first step is we have to overcome ourselves, right? (laughs) And for me, that was slowing down because I think I had just gotten into the habit of moving at breakneck speed and I had just hit a wall and I knew that I could not go back to that pace. So I think part of it was I needed to slow down enough so that I could feel what was going on in my body so that I could really sit with what was going on in my mind and in my heart. So slowing down, I think for a lot of us is a big thing. It's something we struggle with. And the other thing is accepting help. It's really hard for women, for most women, to accept support. And you and I have spoken before about the fact that we are so blessed to be at this stage of life at this particular time when women are having these conversations and when we can support each other and give each other resources and encouragement and information. This is not something that our mothers or grandmothers experienced. They went through this feeling very isolated and really suffering in silence. So I think part of, even though it's a wonderful, amazing time to be a woman in midlife, I do think that we have to get a little more comfortable leaning on each other for support because that doesn't always come naturally to us. It certainly didn't come naturally to me. It didn't. It doesn't come naturally to me either. And again, it's because of the examples that we had before. And this is not at all a blame game. You do what you know, because that's what you know. And when you know more, you do more and do better. But the key was to slow down. I think, at least for me, you never think that 
you have the space as a woman to slow down. You're always looking out. And like we said before, you're taking care of other people. Everyone else is becoming first. And you love your family. You love the people in your life. And you're always giving. And because I really will talk about this too, is one of the key things that I started changing was actually getting sleep. And I'm like, I didn't realize how little I was sleeping because I always felt like I had to keep going. And you hit this point so elegantly is accepting help. I don't know where that comes from. I I wish I had a deeper insight as to why is it that it's only now that I'm going, you know what, if somebody wants to help out, if somebody has some good advice, I'm going to at least listen. I think it comes many times from a place of insecurity, from a place of maybe feeling that we've got to be proving ourselves And that one of the ways that we prove our worth and our value is by showing people that we have it all under control and we don't need help. And, you know, and it's it's really, I think, coming from just years of conditioning women to be everything to everybody. And of course, that's an unrealistic goal that probably ends up keeping us frustrated and keeping us continually striving for this perfection, you know, it's perfectionism at its core. That is the the best way to explain that. It is, now that I'm looking about it, it does come from a place, and I'm glad you brought that up, is there's this thing you got to be the strong woman, you got to be able to take it in stride, and it goes back to doing everything for everybody else, and that becomes your, your sole obligation, is what you're doing for everyone else, and you really do forget yourself, feeling that it would be selfish, I can't be selfish. I don't want to be a selfish person. I'm a wife, a mother, a friend, a sister, daughter. I can't possibly be selfish and not accept help and take care of myself. Yeah, and we're not taught that there is a healthy selfishness, right? Like, we're not taught that, but that's the reality is that we can't possibly deplete ourselves and exhaust ourselves. You know, you brought up sleep and this is the bane of every woman who's in midlife. I feel like I have this conversation with them at some point, all the women who I work with, because we are as a group so incredibly sleep deprived. And that is so undermining to our health, to our, you know, our physical health and our emotional health, to our relationships. I mean, it's such a detrimental habit, but it's really, as you said, women view self-care as being selfish. And it really involves reframing. And it's so interesting because women will come to me complaining of all different things. For some of them, it's more uh, emotional stuff, anxiety or things like that. For some, it's symptoms like hot flashes and sleep and all of that. And the conversation always begins at the same place. And the conversation is, what are your ideas about aging? Who were the models you watched when you were a little girl How did you form your ideas about what it means to be a woman in her 40s or 50s or 60s? And nearly everybody has seen that, quote unquote, selfless woman, right? Nearly every one of us has formed our ideas about what it means to be a wife, a mother, a a working woman, whatever the case may be. As we live our lives, we've seen women before us who were, again, quote unquote, selfless. And so we have internalized this idea that is the way that a woman is. And I think it's really, no matter what I'm working on with a woman, it always involves reframing aging and reframing self-care to understand that there is a healthy way to be selfish and to set boundaries and to maintain our energy and our well-being. And it means 
undoing a lot of the training, <laughs> the, the belief systems that we've developed and thinking about our future in a different way, thinking about, okay, what do I want to be like 10 or 20 or 30 years from now? Do I want to necessarily be those women who I observed growing up? Or do I want to change that narrative and be age in a more powerful way and in a healthier way and remain vibrant into my 60s, 70s and beyond? And if that's what I want, I need to kind of reverse engineer that and start now adopting some of those habits and mindsets and things. So it is, it's very interesting. And it is, and it takes a long time too, which is why I always like to reach back to younger women. There are women who have listeners who are, you know, much younger than you and I, and I'm glad to bring them on board. And I'm glad that they're listening to see, well, wait a minute, and hopefully they won't have to do all the work that we're now doing. And we talk about a lot of the imagery. We have a very youth-driven culture very unrealistic. We're all aging. And one of the things that I love about getting older is that I'm finding that, and I think so with between you and I as well, is developing this communal environment among midlife women, because no matter where you came from, no matter, you know, your background, no matter where you came from, we all kind of intersect. I don't know what that's about, but we all kind of intersect right here at midlife. Every woman will tell you about, I remember my first hot flash. You know what I mean? So it's very important that we're developing that community with and amongst each other. So I'm, I'm actually jotting down some of your steps because they're so important to me now. You got slowing down, except help, <laughs> getting rid of sleep, reframing aging, what other steps would you add? I think so much of it, when we really want to take control of our life and we really want to make big changes, I believe we have to begin with the physical. We, If we're trying to make big changes emotionally and big changes in our mindset, but we are exhausted and we're depleted and we are suffering from adrenal fatigue and we're not nourishing ourselves and it's really hard. That's like pushing a boulder uphill. But when we are a little more rested and when we are moving our body and we have a little more energy, then everything is better. Everything is less overwhelming. So I always like to begin with the physical. You know, I'm not a believer in the big overhaul. I believe wellness is a long game. And I believe that when we think of it as such, when we say to ourselves, okay, I may not see results immediately. I am committing to myself for as long as it takes. I am going to take exquisite care of myself and I'm going to really try. And I know that I'm going to slip up and that's okay. I'm here for myself. The way we would work with our child or our best friend if they were trying to achieve a goal that's how we have to begin to commit to ourselves. You know, wanting something and committing to something are two very different things. And I think that the real magic happens when we say, I not only want this, but I'm committing to myself. I'm committing to this. Because that means that we're in it. You know, we're in it to win it. We're not going to abandon ourselves. We're not going to let ourselves down again and again, but we're really going to be a support. And when you have that attitude, you don't need those big sweeping changes. We can make some very small shifts and some minor changes to our, our diet and our lifestyle and our movement habits. And within a short period of time, we can really feel the energetic effects of that. And that is very motivating. So that's going to keep us committed and motivated over the long haul. We cannot rely on discipline alone. 
Discipline really doesn't get you very far. And that's why so many women are struggling with, they start a new protocol and they fall, quote unquote, off the wagon. I I like to remind women there's no wagon. (laughs) But we go through this cycle of we're really hot on something. We get excited about something. It's new. It's fresh. And then within a short period of time, we're letting ourselves down again. And I think that's because we're relying on discipline rather than really developing the mindset and the commitment first, and then making the steps small and manageable, steps that will fit within the context of our life. Because let's face it, if it's not manageable within the context of our life, it's not going to be sustainable. True. That is spot on. I don't even have anything else to add to that. (laughs) It is absolutely spot on because you get into that cycle. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm defeated, I'm down. And, you know, then, okay, I'll get back up. Trying, I'm trying, I'm defeated, I'm down. And then at some point you just stay down. But making those small choices, not what would we call it, changing the self-talk and keeping from being so defeated and reframing it. You said it perfectly. I don't even want to rehash it. You said it better than I can say it. So I'll just leave it at that. Rewind this part of the podcast right now so you can go back and really get that and let it sink in and let it sink in. And I always love to ask this question, and it is about what would we tell ourselves, our younger, so we touched on our our youth-driven culture a moment ago, but, and again, I don't like to live in the past, but for the younger women listening to this, they'll hear it too. What would you tell your younger self about aging? I would definitely tell my younger self, I would remind her that she is so much more powerful than she thinks she is, and that we have so much more control over our future than we think we do. You know, when we're young, especially young girls, we tend to think that our future is dictated by a lot of the circumstances around us, whether it's the people around us or the opportunities that are available to us. Or, you know, we really, I don't think that many of us are brought up with a sense of just how much power and control we have over the trajectory of our life. And look, there are always going to be things that we can't control, but there are so many things that we can control that we're just not taught to control. And so I think that's something that it took me many years and a lot of challenges to realize. And I think if young women realized that at an early age, my gosh, what they could achieve in their lives, and they would save themselves years of challenges just by embracing that power. Love it. Love it. And all that to say, and I talk about this quite a bit, you know, when I was coming up with the title of the show, 50 Now What? I remember some people thinking that it was some type of a brag or boast. It was like, no, it's really like, now what? You know, I'm here. I made it. I'm here. This is a pivotal point. I I don't feel like I'm supposed to. I feel like I have so much more to give. And which brings me to my next question that I always like to ask and I always like to leave on a word of wisdom. And so now that we're here and you've done all the work and you're still giving, what is your now what? You're here, now what for the future for for Karen? The message that I love for women to walk away with is that this age does not equal decline, right? Somehow we are brought up to believe that the first half of our life is like we're ascending the mountain. We're growing, we're building, we're doing, we're dreaming, we have big goals. And then we suddenly reach a point, and usually it's like early 40s, where we just feel like we're winding down now, right? We're no longer dreaming those big dreams. We're no longer thinking of the future as being full of opportunity. We feel like the future is getting 
bleaker and bleaker in the way we think about it, right? Fortunately, that's the sense that most women have, you know, hence those comments like, well, it's all downhill after 40, right? So I don't subscribe to that belief any longer. I really believe that the future is full of opportunity. And if we remain healthy and vital and strong and we commit to ourselves in the way that you and I have been talking about, I think it's amazing what the contributions we can make in the world. So I just feel so passionate about this work that I guess that's really my big dream going forward is that I just really want to develop it, you know, continue to develop my community and just continue to change this narrative around aging and around wellness. And I think that's probably a dream that will get bigger and better with time. And I'm here for it. (laughs) And I'm here with you. I'm in it. I'm in it 100% with you. Thank you so much. I think you've hit so many points. I'm not going to just drag on for the sake of dragging on. I think that is just the perfect framing for what my listeners will need and what hopefully like building our community, everyone will be able to listen and get a little bit of Karen's juice. She's got it. Where can my listeners find you? So my website is welligantwoman.com. Welligant is with two L's. And there are several free resources there, one of which is the Midlife Glow Up Guide, Seven Days to Your Healthiest, Most Radiant Self. And that has a lot of the small steps that you and I have talked about. So that's kind of a free gift for your listeners. And my podcast, Welligant Woman Redefining Midlife, is on Apple and Spotify and all the podcast platforms. So they can find me there and, of course, on, on all the socials. Awesome. Thank you so much. We've enjoyed having you. We'll have to have you come back again. I'll find something else for us to talk about. Thanks so much, Alicia. Thank you for listening to 50 Now What? A special thank you to Karen. Be sure to visit her at WelligantWoman.com and check out her podcast at Welligant Woman, Redefining Midlife. Make sure to follow us, rate, and share the show. Make sure to follow me on Instagram for continuous updates at 50 Now What Podcast. That's 5-0 Now What Podcast. This podcast was produced by Rainbow Creative with Matthew Jones as senior producer, Stephen Selnick as producer, and Rob Johnson as editor and audio engineer. I love working with this team. To learn more about making a podcast for you or your business, visit them at rainbowcreative.co.